Welcome to Fizz Radio with Matt Bonaparte and Jaron May. Jaron, SU basketball might be on pause, but that doesn't mean our content is going to stop. We've got a pretty action-packed show. We're going to lead off talking about SU's pause and play due to COVID-19, as well as Burama Sidibe's return to the team. Then we'll shift and talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of the season so far. Eric Dievendorf will join us for a segment, and then, of course, we will wrap up with fictional fizz and fizz feedback. Let's hop right into it, Jaron. On the 19th, SU played Buffalo. On the 21st, we found out that a member of the Buffalo basketball program tested positive for COVID-19. SU's been on pause since then. What kind of what kind of deficit do you think Syracuse is going to have going into the next game? Yeah, it, it's the conversation that has been happening for the past couple weeks and it just has to continue to happen so if you're a listener and you're sick of this conversation I apologize but you know there's nothing else to talk about right now because the the team is on pause uh and you've already heard Jim Beheim talk about how when Buddy was out for a couple days it really impacted him and when they were put on pause right before at the beginning of the season and they only had a day to practice before a game He's been complaining all season long about these strict COVID protocols. Let me put my name right next to or right next to anti Jim Beheim on this because I am completely in on all of these strict protocols. I think it's the only way that you can have a college basketball season and if that means that you can't play a game or two, then you can't play a game or two and you have to suck that up. But I think that we're going to continue to hear Jim Beheim complain about this once the team gets back, uh, and it is going to affect them. I mean, they come back to a, a very good Florida State team that has a lot of talent, and I know we'll get into the game a little later, but it's going to impact them because they haven't even been able to practice. Yeah, and Jaron, this really couldn't have come at a worse time. SU was about to head into the ACC portion of the schedule and has to pause right now, not able to play. Like you mentioned, Beheim not exactly happy with his team's uh, lack of ability to, to practice. It's just not fair, as he would put mm-hmm. it. And you know that if they lose that first game, that's the first thing he's going to talk about <laughs> in the post-game press conference. And I really can't blame him. I mean, it's a tough conference, the ACC. It's, it's, it's not really easy competition. And when you can't practice for two full weeks, it's definitely going to take a toll on your guys. But... With that said, it is definitely the most safe thing to do and is the best thing for the season in general. Right, but here's the thing, Matt. Here's where it's going to get really annoying if Syracuse loses against Florida State and maybe they drop against Georgetown and then they have to go up against a really good Clemson team just a couple days later. Here's the thing. Syracuse was coming off a really big win against Buffalo. In overtime, Alan Griffin had that huge block to save the game, force the OT, and then they blow the Bulls out in OT. You have all the momentum. Then you play a Notre Dame team that, to be blunt, is not that good this season. They lost John Mooney from a year ago. He was really their entire offense. Now they rely on a lot of guards, and Syracuse has played pretty darn good against guard-heavy teams. So you play against Notre Dame. Then you play against Wake Forest, who, again, it's no secret that Wake Forest is not a good basketball program right now. So you probably have back-to-back wins right there, and you're sitting at 8-1. and one. 
then you have to go on the road and play North Carolina. Now, North Carolina, 5-4 and four this season. They obviously are always going to be a challenge. They're just not the normal UNC that you've seen in years past. They're better than last year, but last year they were horrible. This year, they're a little better, and in Ken Palm, they're number 25 in the country. They're not in the AP Top 25 poll, however. So if you could pull out a UNC victory, you're 10-1 and at that point going up against a Florida State team that is very good, and then you might have to battle. But you're missing three games that are three winnable games. You probably would say two are definitely winnable. That UNC game is up in the air. But you have three winnable games, and now you're missing that, and you're missing your opportunity to bolster your your resume when you, when it comes down to the line in March. You're really going to be missing those three games, and I think that's going to be you're going to hear a lot of complaining from Jim Beheim because he's missed these three games. And the ACC, the big problem with their scheduling this year is that they just did not leave any room to re to to make up games in this basketball schedule. Matt Bonaparte and Jaron May on Fizz. Radio, Jaron, I see what you're saying about how the, the strength of schedule isn't really there for Syracuse in these past three games that they are going to have postponed. But on another note, I don't, I don't know if Syrac, I don't know if you can write those in as wins for Syracuse. I'm not as convinced as you might be about this team. I think obviously Notre Dame and Wake Forest might not be the strongest teams in the world, but neither was Buffalo, and the Bulls took the Orange to overtime. And nearly won the game if it wasn't for Alan Alan Griffin's heroic LeBron-like block. So 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 hold on, hold on. Buffalo in Ken Palm's rating is one fourteen. Okay, Wake Forest is one twenty one. So Wake Forest is below them as well. And Notre Dame is ninety one, which is pretty darn close to one fourteen with Buffalo. So both teams are pretty comparable, and I think that Syracuse would be able to handle them. Especially if Barama Sidibe is back, because that just gives you another big guy in the middle. Well, that's a whole other conversation that we can have. Barama Sidibe hurt himself early in the season against Bryant, now probably going to come back here midseason. Where do you think he'll fit into the lineup, Jaron? Okay, well, I know we're going to get to this on our Fizz feedback later, and I know our fans of, of the Orange Fizz are... Not too high on my take on Joe Girard needs to start. And I think that is where this Barama Sidibe conversation really stems from. So Barama comes back. If you want him in the starting lineup, that means that someone has to be taken out. I don't think it's Marek Dolajai because he's just too integral of a piece on both sides of the court, especially defensively. Quincy Garrier is an all-ACC caliber player right now. He didn't expect that, but he is, so he needs to stay in there. Buddy Bayheim, I think he's never going to get pulled from the starting lineup. So then it comes down to Alan Griffin and Joe Girard. And the simple conversation is, who's bringing the ball up? Who is going to bring the ball up if Barama Sidibe is in the starting lineup and you now have to choose, are you relegating Alan Griffin or Joe Girard to the, to the bench? And in my opinion, you have to relegate Alan Griffin. He can come off. He can play starters minutes. He just needs to start on the bench because you need someone to handle the ball. And Buddy Beheim can't do that. Marek Dolajai can't do that. Quincy Garrier can't do that. Barama Sidibe can't do that. So you need someone to play the point guard. And I think that's Joe Girard. So if you're asking me who gets relegated to the bench once Brahma Sidibe comes back, I think it's Alan Griffin. I actually don't think I could disagree with you anymore. 
I I don't I don't think Gerard needs to start, and I don't think Burama needs to start either. I think both of them should be coming off the bench. And I'll start with Joe Gerard. The guy just hasn't been what Syracuse fans have wanted him to be this season. He's been he's been staggering. He hasn't played this that and the other. He can't defend. Can't score. He's too big. Whatever you want to say, it's all true. Joe just hasn't had the season that we were all expecting him to have. He's been absolutely awful, and I don't think there's anything you can say to get around that. I mean, the dude just hasn't been there for Syracuse. He just doesn't deserve a, star, a starting spot over the, the young stud that is Kadari Richmond right now. Kadari Richmond may be a little bit unrefined, a little bit raw, but his talent level is way, way above that of Joe Girard. I just, you know, and when you talk about who's going to bring the ball up, Kadari can do that. Sometimes he loses the ball a little bit, but Alan Griffin can do that too. Griffin, of course, a little bit streaky, and we've seen that so far this season, but we've also seen him make huge Huge plays for the Orange, both on offense and defense, as we saw. He made that incredible block, and he's, he's taking the team on some runs. And here's what else I'll say about Alan Griffin. If you need a bucket, you need, you're in a rut, who are you going to turn to on this team? It's Alan Griffin every single time, and that's because he's probably the only guy on the floor that can really make his own shot. He, he can dribble, he can shot create, and he can drain a shot when you absolutely need it. That's why Alan Griffin has to be on the starting five at all times. In all right, terms so... Of- so here's, here's my question. Yeah, here's my question. This is where the, the, that's the conversation that we're trying to have. Barama Sidibe. So you want Kadari over Joe. That's a completely different conversation that we can have maybe down the line. And then you're saying Alan Griffin conti- should continue to start. So does that mean that Barama Sidibe is coming off the bench? Absolutely, it does. I don't think okay. he deserves a starting spot on this team. And I'll tell you why. Remember <laughs> ACC play last season? Do you remember it? It, reminds, yeah, it feels but, like it was just yesterday when I, I kept watching Burama Sidibe game in, game out, foul out at the half or just after the half. What is the point of having a big man in the ACC if he's not even going to play in the final minutes of the game? Wouldn't you rather have that guy who everybody everybody's big argument about starting Burama Sidibe is that he is the anchor on the defense. He's so good on defense. The guy can't play that. defense without fouling. What's the point uh, okay. of having him there? If you need a stop from him... Bring him in late in the game. He can be your eighth man off the bench, your big man that you need it to bring in for about 12 minutes a game. He's not going to be anything any more worth than that. He scored six points a game last year, and it's seven and a half rebounds. Big whoop. He blocked one and a half shots. I don't see the star that everybody else sees that, that they think has to start. He just doesn't. Okay, so here's the thing. And I'm going to let you breathe because I know you're getting worked up. This is, Matt, this is basically whenever we talk Barama here on Fizz Radio, you get as worked up about him as you do the offensive line for Syracuse football. It's, <laughs> I do. It's the same I'm thing. passionate, Jaron. <laughs> it's the same thing. Okay. Yes, Barama had foul trouble last year in ACC play. Not going to deny that at all. However, he ended the season really strong. In his last, let's see, th- six games, he had 10-plus rebounds in every single game, and he, had, he was scoring in double figures in half of that. Now, I'm not going to argue that he is the anchor of the defense like you just said. I think that's Marek Dolajai, and to an extent this year, it's it's Quincy Garrier because Garrier has been fantastic. Uh, but the thing is, I think Barama needs to start because once you get to ACC play, you can't play this smaller lineup for the majority of the game, and you especially can't start with the smaller lineup. Marek Dolajai just isn't big enough to be a starting center in the ACC. He's going to get manhandled by these 
top caliber centers that are that just have 40 30 40 50 pounds on him now Baramis Dibe is not a massive guy either he's not a, a a big strong beefy guy underneath however he's taller he's lankier and he just adds the size that can that you really need to be able to handle some of the bigger ACC and more talented ACC guys and then you shift Marek Dolajai out to the wing and you have Dolajai on one wing, Garrier on the other, Barama in the middle. That's a really long, lanky, strong defensive presence for Syracuse that I think you need to start a game with because if you don't and Barama comes off the bench, you could be getting down early in games and it's tough for Syracuse to battle back. Yeah, it's great for half the game until halftime when Barama can't play anymore because he fouled out. And then you but have he, to he rely on that small ball team. He wasn't at the end of the season. He wasn't yes, at the yeah, end of the was. season. Yes, he was. Second and, and, and last game of the season, he fouled out against Miami. And, and he, he and did against season, Georgia Tech and Louisville, too. Okay. And this season against Bryant, uh, he, I mean, he only played four minutes, but hey, he had no fouls. <laughs> that, that, that means absolutely nothing. <laughs> last year, Burama fouled out uh, 10 times. And he had right. four fouls 16 times. 26 games where he had four or five fouls. I don't think you can put that he on the can, floor for... for for try to put that on the floor for 40 minutes, it just won't work. He can still start, and then if he gets in foul trouble, then you pull him and you go with your starting with your smaller lineup. However, Here, I think he still needs to start. I think he still needs to start. Thing. You need that bigger presence at the beginning of the game. Even if you do want to start him, you can start him, but he's got to come out in like the first six minutes or something, or whenever he picks up his first foul, you got to take him out right then. Because I think Burama is most effective and valuable when when you're towards the end of the game. I I disagree. I think you need your shooting on the floor at the end of the game, and you need your, you need your big man to start to have a presence at the beginning. All right, well, the listeners can pick who they think is right. On the other side of the break, we'll be talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly of this team so far. Stay tuned. Back here on Fizz Radio with Matt Bonaparte and Jaron May. Jaron, we just talked about the COVID implications for this SU team and Burama Sidibe's return to the squad. Now let's look back a little bit on the past seven games, talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of the season so far. Give me your good, Jaron. I'm going to go Quincy Garrier. Actually, I'm going to go half and half. I'm going to say Quincy Garrier and the depth of this team. So I'll, I'll kind of split that up. Quincy Garrier, I mean, ACC Player of the Week a couple weeks ago. He's been fantastic. He's been better than you could have ever wanted. He's kind of living up to the hype where when he first came in as a freshman, people were saying, hey, he could be a one and done. He could go to the NBA draft. He never really saw that last year. It never panned out. He was dealing with a hip injury that he never really publicized until after the season. He was talking about how he would basically cry himself to sleep and cry on his way home because his hip was in so much pain after games last year. And now he comes back. He has surgery. He's 100%. He's averaging 10 rebounds per game, 18 points per game. He's added the three ball. He's shooting. He's had seven of them, but he's had he's shooting 44% from beyond the arc his really only my only gripe really with his play is his free throw shooting could be better 69 percent but he's absolutely fantastic and then I'll, I'll leave it really quick with the depth and I know we've covered the depth of this team a lot here on Fizz Radio whether it's us or a different crew on Fizz Radio I mean they are eight players deep once Barama Sidibe comes back you haven't played with an eight-man rotation in a while with 
with uh, Jim Beheim at the helm. And you could even go a little deeper if you really wanted to give some playing time to some young, to some younger guys. I love the depth of this team. So I'm going Quincy and the depth for my good. That's a great pick. I think that is the obvious pick and that's the one that you have to take. Yeah. Um, for me, it's got to be Kadari Richmond because he's been the guy that people really haven't, didn't, not haven't, but didn't expect to be this good coming yeah. into the season. Buddy Beheim is COVID contact traced early on in the season. Kadari has to come in and fill that role, and he does just that. But he doesn't do it exactly like Buddy does it. He doesn't have the, the hot hand scoring like Buddy has. Instead, he decides to just stuff the stat sheet. Eight and a half points a game this season, four and a half rebounds, four assists, leads the ACC and steals per game with two and a half and a block each game. Kadari Richmond has just done it all for Syracuse on both sides of the ball and has been everything Syracuse fans could have hoped for in this young kid as a true freshman. So for me, it's got to be Kadari Richmond because he's been the guy that's elevated the squad to what they really are in times when they, they are a little bit streaky, I'd say. Right. Moving on and from, I, oh, you go, you go. Yeah, I, I just want to hop in here. I There's an article out on orangefizz.net that I wrote, Stop the Debate, Joe Girard Needs to Start for Syracuse. If you want to go read it, if you want to either get really mad at me, please go read it <laughs> and send me a, a tweet at orangefizz. Or if you agree with me, again, you can tweet at us at orangefizz. Um, and a lot of people have been on my back because I've, I'm arguing that Joe Girard should start. I don't want to take anything away from Kadari Richmond because I love your pick here for the good. He's been fantastic. He's been better than advertised. And I think that he has been an integral part to this team having success early in this season. Kadari has been great. I just wanted to get that out there. I think a great pick, Matt, but uh, also for all of our listeners, go let us know about your thoughts on the Joe Kadari debate. Jaron, I think if you went back and listened to every one of your and mine fizz radios, you'd find a little bit of a trend that I tend to disagree with you. And that's going to continue when I talk about my bad, which is Joe Girard. I okay, just, there you go. I just don't think he, he deserves to start. I don't think he deserves a lot of credit. I think he's, he's been absolutely awful this season and he doesn't, he just isn't the guy. He's just not a guy that you can trust on this team. He's taking a step back and, and it's, it's absolutely clear. 11 points per game this season down from about one and a half from last year. And he, he just can't shoot. He can't defend. Bayheim has talked about it in many postgame pressers that Joe really just hasn't been on the ball this year. I don't I don't understand how you continue to stand this man because he just isn't it. Well, it's not that I'm arguing that he's an all ACC caliber player. I'm not arguing that he's the best point guard on his team. I don't think he's the best point guard on on the Syracuse team. I just think that there are some very important aspects to his play that needs to start and you can bring Kadari in off the bench. Uh, but I digress. I'll get to my bad and I, this, my bad's COVID basically and how it's impacted specifically the Syracuse team. It's not to the or it's not the orange's fault that they have had this, a, a couple run-ins with COVID and have been contact traced and had to put the team on pause a couple different times. Now it's not their fault. However, it's a bad. I mean, you can't do anything about it. It's 2020. Uh, Buddy Beheim was out for a couple games. That's a big loss. Now you're postponing and probably just canceling three games and three important ACC matchups. And you're not able to practice. You weren't able to practice earlier in the season because you were put on pause for a couple days. 
it's just the way that 2020 has gone. COVID has been bad for this team, and it's something that you just have to deal with. Absolutely. I mean, with Buddy Bayheim getting contact traced, and as you mentioned now, the team on pause, not being able to practice, it's definitely a detriment and a disadvantage that Syracuse has to deal with. Moving on, Jaron, what is your ugly this season so far? My ugly is the three-point shooting, and it's kind of funny, right? Because the Syracuse team has been talked about as the best shooting team in Jim Beheim's coaching career. These guys can light it up. And on paper, they should be able to. I mean, Joe Girard should be a lights-out shooter. Buddy Beheim should be a lights-out shooter. Alan Griffin should be a lights-out shooter. Quincy Garrier has added the three-point shot to his arsenal. This team should be really good at shooting from beyond the arc. They've had two good games. When you look at it, two good games. Now, if you look at the grander scheme of things, they're shooting 32% from beyond the arc. On paper, that's decent. However, you take out the Ryder game and you take out the Boston College game. Both of those games were their best two shooting games. They shot 50% from beyond the arc in Ryder, 50, uh, let's round up, 52% from beyond the arc versus Boston College. If you take those two games out, this team is shooting 23% from deep. You would have never expected that going into this year. You also wouldn't expect it just watching this team because they huck up so many threes. It's... It should be something that they can rest on. However, they just can't. Their, their three-point shooting, for whatever reason, is just not that good this year. And it's been something that they continue to rely on, but it's not there. And they need to try to f- change up the way that they go about playing these games. Again, Matt Bonaparte and Jaron May here on Fizz Radio. Jaron, I 100% agree with you. And that's why my ugly for this team is just general consistency. Uh, like you said, you take away the Ryder game, you take away the BC game where they were most consistent, and this team really just hasn't been all that impressive. And I think that the biggest problem that they face is being able to keep up with with other teams throughout an entire game. Against Rutgers, especially in the one loss of the year, I think we saw that. Syracuse took the lead late and became entirely complacent, lost it, and just didn't have a chance down the stretch. We've seen it against just about every team this season where they go through this drought and aren't able to score, can't find anything, any kind of fluidity with the within the offense. Bayheim brings somebody on. Maybe Alan Griffin gets a shot up. Somebody drains something and it kickstarts once again. But consistency has been a huge issue for this team and something that they really need to address going forward. I understand that's going to be tough with no practice in, in this two-week period, but they're going to compete in the ACC this season. That's something that they're definitely going to have to address. Now, to maybe back up the orange, I think that does happen. I think that will happen at some point because it's just you need to, and as long as they aren't put on pause every other week, I think if you can just play some games and you can kind of get that team chemistry going and the more you play, the more you practice, the more consistent I think you are and I think you can become. So, I yeah, I completely agree that it has been pretty ugly this year, whether you squeak through games but like Northeastern and Buffalo or you blow out teams like Boston College. You never know what Syracuse team is. Like, I, I've never wanted to place a bet 
on a Syracuse basketball game this year because you have no idea what <laughs> no Syracuse clue. team you're going to get. Like, you don't know if they're going to blow the team out by 30, if they're going to lose by 10, if they're going to win by one, if they're going to put up 80 to 90 points, or if it's going to be a 60-point game. Like, who knows? Um, so I think you're completely right. However, I do think at some point the Orange will figure it out and become a little more consistent. On the other side of the break, we're joined by SU fan favorite Eric Devendorf. Stay locked on the score, 1260. Back here on Fizz Radio with Matt Bonaparte, Jaron May, and now the host of the scorer's table with Eric Devendorf. Devo, thanks so much for joining us today. I appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. Let's just get your thoughts early on about the Syracuse basketball team, specifically Joe Girard. The sophomore has been struggling a little bit at the guard position, not exactly what Syracuse fans were expecting from the youngster. What do you think has gone wrong with him? Um, well, I don't think anything's gone wrong. I think there's a lot of uh, factors this season. Obviously, it's it's a weird year. Um, it's a different season, so guys aren't able to practice like they're supposed to the teams not getting together like they're supposed to and uh, it's just a lot of different factors um you know I like this team I like Syracuse I think we have a lot of depth um you know we're six and one hopefully we can get back to playing I think they said January 6th um you know but we got a lot of guys who play with no fear you know especially those freshmen coming in um you know they're not afraid to to take open shots and and go and make plays and get after it so I really like that um, and, and we need that depth this year, you know, because it's a different year, like we said, and, um, you know, anything can really happen. And so we need guys to step up. And I think guys are getting valuable playing experience early on. And, um, you know, as far as Joe goes, you know, it's still early. I mean, he, he's had some bad games, but he's had some good games, you know, even, um, you know, in the bad games against Bryant, you know, in particular, he hit two big shots at the end. He wasn't playing good the whole game, but, you know, those two big shots at the end, you know, really won us the game. And then, um, you know, he had a good game against, I think it was Boston College. And, um, you know, so we're not going to hang our head on him. You know, he's, uh, you know, he's had some games where obviously he struggled shooting the ball and, and um, struggled on the defensive end. But uh, it's a team game. And uh, we, we've had guys who have been able to pick him up, you know, pick him up and pick up that slack. And, um, you know, talking about Kadari and, um, you know, he had Woody coming in, having great minutes. So um, I think when we get Barama back in that middle, it, it could push Marek over to that that four spot to where he's really comfortable playing and um, not saying that he's not done a great job at the five he has, but it's just not his natural position. And, you know, guys can bully him around. That's, you know, they're just bigger guys. So once we get Barama back in that middle, um, it'll help us more defensively in the middle. You know, we saw against Buffalo, they, we won the game, but they really dominated us in the middle of the paint. So um, that'll help getting Barama back in. Um, I think, you know, once things kind of start to be consistent, um, you know, we'll have more consistent play out of guys. You know, it's just everything is sporadic right now. So um, I'm looking forward just to just seeing these guys get back on the court and, um, you know, get some consistency going on. Eric Devendorf joins us here on Fizz Radio, former player, now big Syracuse fan, still close to the program. Uh, Devo, what do you think is this team's ceiling? Like right now, six and one missing three pretty big ACC games that could have helped your resume once it comes to March time. Where do you see them? Are they a bubble team? Are they definitely in? Can they make a little run? What's your opinion on this Syracuse squad? Well, I like this team. Obviously, um, you know, we have young guys. So the more we play, the better. We, we want to be able to get these guys game experience and it's tough with everything going on. Um, you know, this is, it's a high ceiling. You know, I in the beginning of the year, um, you know, I said they could be top four or top five in the ACC. Um, and, and I think they've, 
you know, they've proven it so far, um, you know, the way they've been playing. And they really should have um, won the Rutgers game. And, and we all see how good Rutgers has ended up being them. Um, they're, they're a pretty talented team. They're, you know, top 25, top 20 team in the country. So, um, you know, a couple mistakes, um, a couple shots dropping for us. You know, we win that game at Rutgers on the road. So, um, you know, that'd be a whole nother thing we're talking about. Right. We're talking about seven and zero. So, um, again, we just got to get some consistency, man. It's just everything is so sporadic. We really don't know what's going on. So, you know, where we're going to be, you know, some teams are having So it's just, I'm just hoping for um, guys to stay healthy and, um, you know, trying to get this season back on track as far as, you know, having the games be consistent. But um, when that happens, and hopefully it does, um, I like this team. I like I like them to make a run, and as we get for these guys, the better. And Syracuse, obviously, in contact with Buffalo a couple of weeks ago and now put on pause. How much of an impact do you think this 14-day break with no practice is going to take on the team? Um, I mean, I guess they're used to it by now, right? I mean, we, <laughs> they've had several breaks if I feel like where you know they haven't had practices for multiple days in a row and uh, um, you know again it's a weird it's a weird season everything is different so we have to adapt we have to pivot and um, I know we heard that word a lot this year pivot you know because their eyes are staying in shape by themselves getting outside running uh, maybe they could find a, a, a gym where they could get into somewhere and um, and get some shots up, but it's tough, man. It's, it's tough when you, you know, when you haven't been doing anything for 14 days straight, I don't care if you're riding the bike or running the treadmill, it's not the same as getting out there and, you know, feeling that contact and bumping against other guys. So um, it's just another thing that these guys have to work through. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping the best for them. Yeah. So right now, Syracuse between games before that, between that Buffalo game. And if they play this Florida state game coming up on the sixth, it'll be 18 days in between. That's the longest period of not playing a game in the Jim Beheim era. Little fun fact right there. Uh, Eric Bevendorf joins us here on Fizz Radio. And Devo, the big reason why we brought you on here this week is because you're doing some awesome stuff. You're changing from the Hooper, and I guess you're still the Hooper, but the philanthropist here in CNY. Uh, you're doing the, right now, 75K small business give back. I know it started as 25K, then 50K, 75K, and I'm sure you're going to build up from there. But why don't you tell everybody a little bit about what you're doing? Yeah, so, well, the inspiration really started from Barstool. Um, I saw that what they were doing, uh, well, now it's all over the country for small businesses, and I think they've raised almost $15 million. Um, so, you know, it inspired me to kind of do it here on a smaller scale uh, locally in Syracuse. Um, and like you said, we raised $25,000, but that was within two days. Um, and then, you know, I think it was eight, nine days later, um, we got to 50, 55 or something like that. And now we're, we're uh, over 60. And I actually had another check outside of the GoFundMe come in. So uh, we're right at our goal of 75. And um, I think we'll keep it right there because I want to be able to get this money out to the businesses as quickly as, as we can. I know um, the longer we wait, you know, it's, it's more, uh, you know, more stress on these businesses. So um, we're going to uh, put out a video later. Um, you know, kind of going through all the guidelines that I want the businesses to, um, to have to qualify and um, they'll email me, send me a video and, and we'll kind of vet and go through that process with my team and, um, you know, choose the business 
businesses and try to get that money out as soon as possible. But again, man, just trying to help out, like, you know, during this time, it's, it's crazy for everyone, you know? So, and, and a lot of these businesses, you know, again, trying to help out and, you know, even without this pandemic, you know, I want to be able to help out in a community that's helped me out, you know, since I've been here. Absolutely. Thank you, Devo. And make sure you go follow Eric on Twitter. You can find his GoFundMe link there. On the other side of the break, we'll hit Fictional Fizz and we'll do Fizz feedback. Again, Devo, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate you guys. Happy New Year, man. You too. Closing time here on Orange Fizz with Matt Bonaparte and Jaron May. Going to get to our fictional betting lines as well as our fizz feedback. Jaron, let's get into those lines. The first one is Kadari Richmond starts. I'm going to put the line at over under seven and a half for the rest of the season. We're not going to count the games that are currently postponed because it's kind of up in the air whether or not they're going to be played. So with the 17 games left in the year, will Kadari Richmond start more or less than seven and a half games? Less. Less. I mean, come on. I, I... – I am on this, uh, I guess, horse. I just got to stay on it. I got to ride it out. Whether it comes back to bite me or not, like I just, I, I got to do this. I think Joe Girard deserves to be, the, deserves is the wrong word. I think Joe Girard should be the starter um, for a multitude of reasons that you can go read at orangefizz.net if you want to go check it out. And please tweet at us at orangefizz if you think I'm right, wrong, or if you just want to vent about whatever it may be. Um, and here's the reason why about Kadari. Kadari is either starting all of them or starting none of them. It's not like Jim Beheim is not a, I'm going to start you for one game and I'm going to start you for the other, and I'm going to start you for the next. And he's going to pick one guy and he's going to go for it. And it's either going to be Joe Girard or Kadari Richmond for the majority of the next 17 games. Maybe that change happens in three games if there is a change, but it's going to be either 15 or nothing for Kadari Richmond. And I think it's nothing. I think Joe Girard continues to be the starter. And if Kadari is the better player, he comes off the bench and plays more minutes. I don't think the starting role really matters for Jim Beheim, but I think he's going to stick with his guy and stick with Joe Girard because he has stuck with Joe Girard even through some of his worst days early in this season. And I don't think Joe Girard can be any worse than he already has been. I think you're right in that Beheim's going to stick to one guy and just play him all season long. And he's just, you know, trying to figure out the, the rotation he wants to use during ACC play right now, just figuring out who, like, you know, playing with different guys and whatnot. And I think it's going to be Kadari Richmond at the end of the day. I'm going to go over on this. I think that Joe will be oh, giving some different, more you chances. You a different horse than me? You're on a different I horse? I have a different horse, entirely different horse. Right. I have a separate horse. He was born in a whole other state. It's a whole okay. different deal. Right. Kadari Richmond is, is a better player. I think that'll be proven sooner or later. Joe could be an X factor off the bench and just start lasering threes whenever the team needs him to do so. But as of right now and for this season, I don't think Joe is the guy that needs to be starting for the orange. But here's the question. Here's the question. If, if Joe doesn't start, why hasn't he gotten pulled yet from the starting lineup? Well, he did against Buffalo. He didn't play the second half. No, but from the starting lineup. Well, you know, we didn't see three games. Maybe he would have. He, I mean, he's had some pretty atrocious games already early in the season. Jim Beheim has stuck by his side. He's also praised and kind of um, in classic Jim Beheim form and fashion, he's kind of put down the reporters that have asked him and, and tested him on Joe Girard starting or not. Um, 
So that's all I'm saying. Joe Girard, well, I think, stays the starter. Time will tell, Jaron. Okay. Time will only tell. Uh, on to our next line, Quincy Garrier rebounds for Florida State. Syracuse plays Florida State on January 6th. Do you think Quincy Garrier will have more than eight and a half rebounds or less? Keep in mind, Barama Sidibe will most likely return. Yeah, that game coming up this Wednesday. Um, I'm going to stick with the over. Even if Barama's back, I I just, I really like Quincy Garrier and what he's been able to do this season. Um, basically, I mean, he's average number one, he's averaging 10 rebounds a game. So if you just go by pure logic and numbers, then he's going to have more. You obviously have to factor in the Barama thing. But when you look at his rebounds, he's only been below that mark three times this season, has been way, has been above it and actually way above it for four times this season, if I can look at this correctly. Against Bryant, he had 13. Niagara, he had 13. Northeastern, 16. Buffalo, 11. The BC game where he didn't, Play, well, he, I guess he did play 30 minutes. Uh, he only had five Rutgers. He had five Rutgers was their down game. And Ryder, he had seven. So he was pretty close to that eight and a half line. I'll take the over. I think Quincy Garrier is a stud. Um, he's my good of the season when we were talking about it earlier here on Fizz Radio. Um, I'm not going to go against my guy. I agree with you. I think it's going to be over as well. And I think it's just because Quincy Garrier is the most talented rebounder on the roster with or without Burama Sidibe, the guy. We've seen him do it all all season long so far this year, and I don't think that's going to stop anytime soon. He's making a case for maybe a first or second All-ACC team as of right now. We'll get more into that when we get on to our Fizz feedback. For now, Jaron, let's get to our final line, Burama Sadibe fouls. I love to talk about it as we did before. The line is at three and a half. Yeah, so for all of our listeners, you can obviously tell who came up with the lines this week because we're talking about <laughs> Promise and eBay fouls. It's definitely not me. Uh, that's a that's a classic. Matt loves to talk about that topic. Um, I'll go three and a half. So I did my math. Florida State averages, their opponents average 19 fouls per game. So if Syracuse has 19 fouls, and let's say Barama Sidibe has four of them, that means only 15 fouls if we go by math between the rest of the players for Syracuse. I don't like that. I'm going to go under. Um, a couple reasons why. Number one, just because, of, just because the math I just did quickly in my head, I also like the under because I don't think Sidibe plays a lot. Number one, because he's coming back, I don't think he'll be in complete shape. I don't think he has, was working out um, and staying in or whatever he could do with the ankle that he was or the leg that he was fixing up. Um, I think he's going to be a little slow. I don't think he's going to be all the way back 100%. So I will take the under. He doesn't play as many minutes. He gets maybe three fouls. You did some math. I did some too. Mine was simple addition. It's all I can really handle. He, mine was 10 plus 26, 10 games. He had five fouls last season or 10 plus 16, excuse me, and 16 in which he had four. That's 26 games where he had four or five. I don't think that's going to change in his first full game back. Barama's going to come back hacking left and right. He doesn't care who, and it's going to rack up to five right as the half rolls around. Nothing changes with Barama Sidibe. You, you've got to be hoisting me up above that three and a half number. That's a weak line, if you ask does me. He, does he I honestly out? can't believe you went under. Does he absolutely, foul thousand percent. Oh, I, I, I absolutely think he's fouling out. See, this he plays is, four just, minutes. He's fouling out. You're just going through gut. 
I don't, I don't see. Go with my gut, Jaren. I think that's okay. the way we live life. All right. You got to go with your gut. And my gut is telling me that Baroma Sidibe is going to do what he always does. And what that is, is, is foul out. And he tends to do it. And I think he's going to do it again. I, I don't honestly think, I, you really think he's going to have three? Yes, three. I don't think he plays that many minutes. All right. We'll see, I guess. <laughs> on to our Fizz feedback as we wrap up here on Orange Fizz Radio, Matt Bonaparte and Jaron May. Our first poll was where will Quincy Garrier land at the end of the season? First team all ACC, second team, third team, or an honorable mention. Jaron, I said he's going to be a second teamer. That's pretty high regard. What did you think? Yeah, I said second team as well. Uh, listen, first team, there's only really two spots for him. He could play, he could slot in at the power forward or at the small forward. I don't think he's the best at his position in the ACC. I could see him being the second best. Um, so I say he's a second team. The fans agreed. Second team all ACC was 48% of the vote and all orange replied saying second team only because Syracuse might not play as many games as other schools. So a smaller sample size. Good point. Good point. I like that. Uh, The next poll, who will be most affected by the program pause an 18 day gap between games? Kadari Richmond, Buddy Bayheim, Joe Girard and Alan Griffin were the answers. I'm going to have to say Joe Girard. Jaron, what do you think? The Fisters are sticking to their status quo. They love, and I'm just going to give away the answer. It's Joe Girard with 57% of the vote. I went, Kadari, I went Kadari Richmond. I think freshmen can use as much playing time and as much practice time as possible. He's still getting in game shape. You've heard Joe, you've, you've heard Jim Beheim talk about how he just can't play a full game and can't play the starters minutes yet because he's not cardiovascular there yet i don't know if that's a word but i'm still going to use it um i'm saying kadari richmond but classic orange fizz love to crap on joe gerard i do like your point there it does make a lot of sense i'm I'm almost willing to sway my vote because actually i'm starting to agree with what you just said which is kind of wild might might be a agreement for me (laughs) uh on to our final poll here jaron who should come off the bench when barama sidibe comes back We've already talked about this. I want Alan Griffin. He obviously did not win the vote. It's Barama Sidibe. Thanks so much for joining us today on Orange Fizz Radio. Matt Bonaparte and Jaron May signing off.